On iMom.com, we share ideas, insight, and inspiration. We do all that here too, by sharing the best kind of stories, mom stories. We're all at different ages and stages, but one thing we have in common is that we're striving and sometimes struggling to love our children well. It's the iMom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the iMom Podcast. I'm Abby, and once again, Chloe and Susan and Megan are joining me. And this week, we're talking about one of my absolute favorite things, rules. They make my heart come alive. Um, And the story is from both Susan and Megan, and it's called Rules, Better Bent Than Broken. All right, Susan. Okay, so first, before I even dig in, I want everybody to understand I'm not talking about breaking God's precepts or breaking the law. I'm talking about rules that maybe you set up for your children or uh, your family or uh, socially. So these are rules for their protection, primary. So uh, when our kids were young, you know, we let them have sleepovers with really close family friends who we knew were like-minded and kind of watched the same things we watched on TV and did the kind of same things. And the parent always supervised when they were really little. But as they got older, they started getting invited to slumber parties, which we pretty much would say no to unless we really knew the family and knew, you know, who's going to be supervising them. Well, Megan was invited to a slumber party and she's pretty mature and she she was getting things. I think she was like in fifth grade or fourth grade or whatever. But however, we knew that we heard that a babysitter had been hired to kind of stay with them the whole night. So the mom was kind of farming out her her um <laughs> her watching them but i can't remember what i learned that i felt okay with it but i had a discussion with megan beforehand okay this is your first chance we're bending a rule here that we have about going somewhere where we really don't know everything but you have a couple friends going and i just want to make sure that you know if they watch something or do something that you don't feel comfortable or you feel is breaking one of our rules that you will be confident enough to step away or even if you feel like it need to come home. And we had code words for them calling me and mm-hmm. needing to come home. So we did have those. Megan, do you remember your code word? Um, no, but I do remember calling because I was like homesick or I didn't like feel comfortable. So I don't remember exactly what the code word was, but it was more oh, questions oh, we would ask them so that they could just say like yes or no. Yeah, like gotcha. I would do all the talking. If I got a call from them, I knew there was something I was supposed to figure out. So I'd say, are you having a good time? And all they had to say was yes or no. So nobody would really know what they were answering. That's more natural. Do you want to come home? Yeah. I was like, like so, then they would, so then they would call like either the parent or call um, so whoever it was and just like make up an excuse of why we had to come home so that we didn't have to be embarrassed yeah. in front of our friends. Did you have to do this a lot? No, I didn't. I mainly, I got to a point where I was really only spending the night at friends' houses that I was really good friends with. But there were a couple instances where I went to like a girl's slumber party or something like that. And I just didn't feel comfortable and I knew I wasn't going to sleep at all. Uh, And so I just, I stayed late and then I just had them come pick me up before Mm -hmm. everyone went to sleep. Gotcha. There were a couple summer parties. I don't know if it's you or one of my other kids where we, I flat out said, you know what? She really wants to come, but we have some things we have to do the next day. So I'm going to pick her up late. And it was the plan from the get go mm. that they weren't going to spend the night that I was going to come get them at like 11 o'clock. At night. So this particular summer party, though, she was there. The babysitter was the one watching everybody. Correct. And uh, they decided to watch Titanic 
which Megan had known because it had come out, I think that year and it's a big deal. And I had said, nope, we're not going to go see that. I, of course, saw it, <laughs> uh, but I knew it wasn't appropriate for them. It was scary. It was, you know, uh, romantic. It was promiscuous and it was not happening for our kids at that at that age. So uh, she, when I went to pick her up the next day, the sitter who I think was a really sweet girl said, you know, I just want you to know, I was really impressed because we watched a movie and Megan aside said, I'm going to go upstairs and play in her room. Is that okay? I, I really shouldn't watch this movie. Oh, Megan, what a good kid you are. Oh, I'm such a rule follower. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Well, for us, it was great because I could look at her and go, I can't believe that you had the confidence to do that. Yeah. And I'm really impressed. And it gives me confidence to let you go to more places and maybe change our slumber party rule, knowing that you will do what's best for you. And that is, you know, remember our family rules of what we watch and we don't watch. So kind of along with the theme of the episode, like there are times as parents that we can change rules and we have to change rules as we see our kids grow up. I mean, you can't obviously you can't have the same rule for a 15 year old that you're going to have for a five year old. So then, Megan, how did that play out for you? Well, and one other thing I was going to say, too, is I think I can't remember if this preceded the Titanic watching experience or after, but um I had gone to another slumber party at some point and they were watching a movie that was rated something that I knew was, I don't know if it was like PG 13 or I don't know what it was, but it was, it was a movie I knew I wasn't supposed to be watching and it ended up being a scary movie. I think it was what lies beneath. I don't know if anyone's seen that. And I I was terrified out of my mind and I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself for like a month. So mm-hmm. I may have learned my lesson from that experience. <laughs> Natural uh, consequences. Yeah. I think we covered that in yeah. episode. <laughs> last episode. So that was, that was one where I just realized, okay, I'm not supposed to be watching things for a reason because now I am terrified to take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you said you like, you, you are a rule follower. Did you, what did you learn from that? Or like, how did you move forward from that? So I've pretty much been a rule follower my whole life. I'm the oldest child, pretty risk averse. Um, and I did start, you know, questioning things as I grew up. And I actually had a really good friend in college who really questioned everything. She was just kind of one of those people that was a very curious and be a little bit rebellious. Uh, so she, you know, any sort of authority that told her she had to do something, she'd be like, why? Why? And sometimes she would abide by it. And sometimes she would really buck the system and be like, I'm not doing that. That's dumb. Well, when I got into college, I was elected into a executive position of a club and the advisory board who were adults, much more senior, I want to say they were in their fifties or sixties. They were telling me as a college student that I had to stay in Gainesville for the summer. I went to university of Florida and I had also that summer gotten an internship with Chick-fil-A corporate, which was in Atlanta. And it was really hard to get these internship positions. And I was super excited about it. Great, you know, resume, career enhancing internship. And so I was like, I told them, I said, well, I have this internship in this, in this summer in Atlanta. So do I really have to be in Gainesville to do this job? I really want to do this job. I care about it. I'm passionate about it. But I really think with technology these days, I can do it remotely. This is all this is pre-COVID, but we did have the technology. I'm not that old. We did have the technology <laughs> to be able to, you know, do things remotely and plan everything I needed to plan remotely. Um, and so I just kind of questioned that rule. I said, why do I have to be in Gainesville? I understand that it was a rule previously because 
we didn't have the technology we had now and you did have to be in town to plan things and get things ready. And they were just like, no, that's just the rule. And I said, well, then I'm going to respectfully have to decline the position, which makes me really sad because I do really want to do it. And so I was really upset about it. So I wrote a letter or an email, not a letter, golly, we did have the technology. <laughs> um, so I emailed our national. Damn, we're only a nickel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, d- I emailed our national advisory board and just kind of explained to them the situation and said, I really want to do this job. Can I do it remotely from Atlanta? And they said, I don't see why not. And so I said, well, my local advisors are telling me that I can't, I can't do it. I have to be physically present in Gainesville. So they actually changed the rule because I, I sent them an email and said, you know, and so they allowed me to do both, which I'm really glad I was able to do both. Um, but it was, I, I wasn't super comfortable with it. Cause yeah. like I said, I'm a rule follower and I respect authority and I respect that, you know, they know what they're doing and that's why they're in that position. But I, it was kind of one of the first times in my life where I really had to fight the rule and fight the system because I, I didn't think it was a a purposeful rule anymore. I think that's the cool thing about when your kids see rules change based on their behavior is that they understand why you have this rule, because if they understand why you have the rule and then they see the rule change and they understand why they earned the privilege of maybe the rule going away or bending, as you said, then they begin to say, have the confidence that, hey, rules can change. Sometimes they need to change. But what is best for everybody? What is best for me? Is this does this rule really have a reason or am I able? And the, the reality is kids have to self-regulate when they're adults. Right. We live in a in a world where we have access to anything we want to our fingertips. You have to learn to self-impose rules on yourselves or we would all be addicted to all kinds of stuff yeah. <laughs> on our phones or whatever. Yeah. I mean, so it, I think that's the fun part about watching, you know, a child who understands rules, the reason behind the rule, and then understanding when they're ready to open the door to exploring beyond that rule or self-imposing again, the protection of the rule. Chloe, were you a rule follower or were you a rule rebel? I was a rule follower. Yeah. There were a couple times I rebelled, but I instantly regretted it. <laughs> Susan, you strike me as a rule rebel. Is that true? I am. I am a, a pleaser and overachiever, but I wa- I liked to push what I thought was right as a kid you know, or as an adult. As a kid, as a kid, I like to try new things. I like to do different things. Now, I have to say, my mother was really good about letting me push boundaries. Mm-hmm. My dad was more authoritative. Um, but I, I did, I, I like to push. So did not, that not in a bad way. I can't say I was always like trying to do bad things. Yeah. So did that pleaser come out when you would like maybe push it a little bit, but then be like, see, it worked out. Like, where did you look for the affirmation after? Yes, but I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't say that my mother was probably always right and allowing me I could tell a really bad not a bad story but you know back then I don't know if we want to leave this in (laughs) the drinking age was 18 and I looked older like of course girls we put on hair you know my hair makeup and I lived near Fort Lauderdale I grew up in Hollywood Florida so the Fort Lauderdale strip was the place for spring break back then and 
my friends and I could get into the bars. I mean, they just, you know, we were 15, 16 and we could get in the bars. Now, that being said, I was in performing arts. I love to dance. I mean, we, I danced two periods a day in school. Dancing and drinking. <laughs> she was going is, so she could I, dance. So the funny thing is I didn't really drink. It wasn't drinking for me. We liked to go. This was Saturday Night Live movie had come out. You know, it was disco. Yeah. It was clubs. It was dancing. And so I, I, uh, the first time I remember, um, some friends said, let's go, let's go see if we can get in. And we got in and we had a blast. We didn't try to drink. I didn't try to drink. I, I had the car. Um, I came home and I looked at my mom and I said, uh, so I went to Big Daddy's tonight and had a great time doing it. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's the name. Of- that was the name. That was the name, Big Daddy's Lounge. And she looked up, she looked up to me. She said, you had fun? And I said, yes. And she said, did you drink? And I said, no, I wanted to dance and I danced. And she goes, how'd you get in? And I said, they just let us in. And she said, well, she, and she, let us, she, she like never tried to stop me from doing it ever again. Wow. wow. Yeah. But my mom was. Yeah, it was a different era back there. So she wasn't trying to like, And we'll be posting a picture of Big Daddy's in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Big Daddy's is the new sponsor of the I'm on podcast. <laughs> and my disco hairdo, you know, my, my, um, yeah. yeah. I see, don't know if you want to leave that in, but. Oh, I do. Uh, I love that. I do. Um, I see. I was definitely a rule follower. And now that I know a little bit, understand a little bit more about my personality as a Enneagram one, mm. um, I saw following the rules as being good, you mm. know, like good, good girls follow the rules. Whereas somebody else might say, well, no, a good girl is the one that strives for, you know, creativity or justice or or all those things. Like uh, to me, a good girl follows the rules, even to a fault, you know, and even I think blindly follows the rules and doesn't question them. Maybe I don't know if I question them when I, I should have. I remember my parents or my grandparents came into town when I was in second grade, they flew down from Wisconsin for my first communion. And my mom will retell this story to this day. She says, you walked out on the patio, you saw them, you got excited that they were there and you said, I hope you know I'm not missing school because you're here. I said, I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to not go to school because to (laughs) me, going to school every day was important and they showed up like on a Wednesday and so that would mean, you know, I'd have to miss two days of school but I said, I'm not going to miss school. So, I don't know. I think that we want our kids to follow the rules but not blindly we want them to learn how to determine when it's okay Mm. and that takes guidance from us I did the opposite I sometimes encourage my kids to skip school with me no (laughs) so my kids my kids went to a really strict private school and I had to meet with a headmaster because I told them my children will miss one day a week all year on Wednesdays, because they're going to Bible study fellowship with me. And they, I like the headmaster said, Oh, well, your child's going to be in the last reading group. They're going to be in this. I said, it's, it's kindergarten. Mm-hmm. She had to redeem herself by taking us to BSF to pay for big daddies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to defend my mom on this she one. Felt guilty. <laughs> I was a pretty good, I was a good student. My mom just trusted me. She trusted that as long as I didn't drink, I was fine. But getting back to the school thing. And sometimes I would keep a child home to, finish decorating the Christmas tree. Or um, I'd say, you know what? I'm going to keep it to spend special time with them. It was a treat. Now, not as they were bad students. Didn't we go in like daycare at BSF? Didn't they have like a daycare? (laughs) For under two. Oh, but we went and sat through the whole thing. 
BSF, yeah. They, they had activities for kids, program. right? We were in the program, yeah. the BSF right. program. So, but we weren't with you then. We were in like some kids. That oh, wasn't equality time. God. That was Bible time. It was Bible time every Wednesday. And then we went to a Christian private school. I put God ahead of reading. Okay. And you were great readers. It was just once a week. Just once it a was week. once a week. They missed what for K4 and K5. They missed one day a week. What's the, I, I, hate reading. I, love, <laughs> I love that. I just wish I could embrace that attitude of, Seeing the big picture, I think, is what it comes down to, because sometimes I know for me personally, I just get lost in the the strictness of mm-hmm. the rule as opposed to seeing the big picture in parenting. And I, I, how do you think that how does a mom like me then change change period or question mark <laughs> mom we just have a lot of fear that oh everything we do could like make or break our time yeah. Instead of really kind of analyzing what do they need right now emotionally is because children really have a greater capacity for emotional, physical, mental growth than just the track we put them all on. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes the experience we can provide is a lot more important than this, you know, what the education department says is this absolute definitive track they have to be on or you're going to fail as a mother and they're going to fail as a future yeah. Yeah. student. I mean, I have pulled some of my kids out of school for a year at, you know, I didn't homeschool all the time, but at different times I pulled my child out and I was told, oh, they're going to fall behind. This is going to happen. None of that happened. Yeah. But if you build in your child a a curiosity for learning and, you know, you have a good relationship at the end of the day, I think your relationship with your child is far more important and half of these other things. Mm -hmm. So what happens then? We have um, one article about when to bend the rules and questions to help you decide. Um, One of our writers said that her son, her kids were not allowed to date in high school and her son met this girl and was like, I really like her and I'd really like to go out with her. And she said, you know, I don't think he was trying to be rebellious. He wasn't trying to push, but I didn't want to give in and, you know, make the rest of my kids think that my rules could all be changed. And so she ran it through these three questions. What's in question, a value or a rule? And she said he wasn't questioning the value of, you know, respecting a girl or not um, rushing into relationships. He just, for him, it was just the rule. Um, The other one is, is this child questioning all authority? Or just this one rule. And she said he was a good kid. Mm. So it wasn't everything. And then the third one is, how will this affect our relationship? And is that worth it? And mm-hmm. I think she said something like, you know, he really liked this girl. She seemed like a really sweet girl. Um, I, if I pushed back so much, um, it was going to put a wedge between the two of us. One thing I, I love to do is put the burden on the child. For example, I tell my kids, the law is... You can get your learner's permit at 15. The law is you can get your license at 16. Whether you will be able to do that depends on whether you show us you can handle the responsibility. So sometimes a rule is really, it's not, it's not, shouldn't ever be some of them permanent things. It's you show me you're ready. You may, you may drive at 18 and your sibling may drive at 16. It's really up to you. If, if we get in the car at 14, and I have to remind you to put on your seatbelt, you're not ready for your learner's permit at 15. Because one of the basics of driving is you got to remember to put on your seatbelt. 
So it was all up to them to show us when they were ready. Rules were not definitive necessarily by age. It was really up to the child. Mm -hmm. And what a sibling could do didn't mean that another sibling would be under the same rule. So I agree with, you know, I think Lisa wrote that article that it was okay to change the rule if the motive of their heart was correct, if they had shown the maturity that they could handle it, if the person they had chose to date was really a great person. Who knows? This could be the person they would marry at 18. They did end up getting married. That's how the story ended. Yeah. 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 So sweet. So So I think that also another um, tip for moms would be if you have, we have a printable, the family mission statement. If you have a family mission statement or if your kids know your family's values, especially if you have them written down, then that is a good measuring stick for them when they're determining whether they could press on a rule or whether it's time to bend a rule, ask you to bend a rule. Um, And I'll put a link to that in the show notes also. I have another example. One of my boys had a lot of self-control and one of my other sons um, was adopted. Like I said, had a lot of things in the background. My one son could play video games. So what is that war video game that everybody plays? I can't remember. Call of Duty? Yeah, Call of Duty. Yeah. So one of my sons could play that and the other son could not. And that went on for years. And I would look at my other son and I'd say, you know, you're still struggling with physical. He would sometimes lash out at kids and stuff. You can't watch this. You don't need to be watching violence. Where the, and, and it was okay. It's something. And I think that helps kids understand this whole fair thing. What's well, not right. fair, Yeah, but we're all created differently. You're right. It's not fair, <laughs> but we have to know ourselves and know what, what's safe for us to do and what's safe for us not to do. Right. Right. You gotta learn that early. You can't parent every child the same. Right. right. Tell us about a time that you knew it was okay to bend or adjust a family rule. There's a link in the show notes to all the articles that we talked about. And if you want to get more links like those, make sure you sign up for our iMom Minute. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom Podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom Podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther.